This is a podcast by The Straits Times. It's Money FM 89.3 and welcome to our regular sports show Game of Two Halves live every Monday on Money FM 89.3 where I host the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Adrian Abraham and today I'm joined by ST Sports correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz. And we'll start by looking ahead at the Singapore Premier League. And we're into the final week of action. And the champion is still yet to be crowned. A top-of-the-table clash on Sunday saw Tampanese Rovers beat Albrecht's Negata 4-1 and ascend to the top of the SBL. So how big a result could Sunday's win be for Tampanese Sazali? Well, it's absolutely massive, you know, the, the fact that they're now top with, you know, just two games left. It was quite amazing. Everything basically flipped uh, in their favour in in. Uh, Span of 14 minutes in the second half, where they scored three goals after after trailing in the game. Uh, you know the performance of the team was was you know it was it was, it was so amazing because they were so poor in the first half. They they, they looked shaky at the back. Albrecht looked you know dominant. They looked like they were going to coast to maybe a two nil or, or even three nil victory in the second half, and yet something just you know clicked in the second half and and Tampines was so much better their midfield was, was so mobile so dynamic and you know they fully deserved the win so yeah you know it, it's uh, it could well have uh, decided you know where the title is going this year and it's not exactly easy for them though is it in terms of what's in front of them yeah i mean if if you look at at the the the, the two games left uh, on paper for for each team albrecht have the much much easier fixtures uh Tampines have uh, third place Lion City Sailors who, who have an outside chance of the title themselves um, as well as Geelang International in the Eastern Derby um, you know they, they dropped points the last time they, they met Geelang uh, whereas Albrecht they, they play bottom of the table Tanjong Paga uh, still looking for their first win and uh, Haugang United who have zero foreigners in their lineup for, for the last couple of games so you know Albrechts are likely to to I mean if, if you, you're a betting man you, you'd say that Albrechts are going to pick up six points and, and Tampines will have to be at their very best if they, they want to cling on to that top spot The Lion City Sailors mathematically are also in it aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, uh, but for me, too much of their hopes, uh, you know, rest on what happens elsewhere in the next couple of games. And I think ultimately that poor start in March and, and those two losses to Albirex, uh, they've proven costly in, in, you know, particularly a short season like this. Now, Shazad, the sports broadcaster, is also in the studio. Shazad, your take on the Lion City Sailors? Well, I was actually just saying uh, to Sazali before we came on air that I I want them to win the league. I know they've got the least likely chance, obviously, of winning the league. Uh, but because the, the the top Singapore base side, the top local base side, gets into the Champions League next season, um, there's a direct entry now, which is the new the new format that the AFC, the Asian Football Confederation, are bringing in. And they are the best equipped side for the Champions League. I mean no disrespect to Tampanese Rovers. Um, I, I think they're a great side. And, and the way they, they turned around in that second half, you know, they might be just just peaking at the right possible moment. But that run-in is much, much more difficult, um, especially when they have a, a crucial game against Lion City Sailors, uh, which works out perfectly uh, for uh, Alberex. And also, Geelong International are still chasing... Uh, continental action themselves so and, and that's going to be a tough one now Lion City Sailors with all the resources they've got are best place to be in the Champions League next season they could go out 
and get some quality players, which is what you need. You really need some quality foreign signings. They've got great local signings, yeah. right? And I don't, again, no disrespect to already who they've got. They've got Song Wei Young, they've got Stupia Plasibat, who's unfortunately an injury worry. But I'm saying they could strengthen. They could strengthen a little bit more. There's already a lot of talk that I'm hearing about more uh, local players, more mm. national players national, are coming yeah, in. Yeah. I, I'm sure Shazali knows. I, about I think this. I think there's no disagreement that you know, like like you said, they are most well equipped. They are best placed uh, mm. financially and and even in terms of you know having already some experience with Aurelio Vitma at, at the helm. Um, you know, they, so they would be well equipped. Uh, but having said that. Again, at the end of the day, it's about merit, right? And if Tampines, yeah, you know, have have you know, they, they've proven themselves time and time again this season. I think uh, Gavin and and his boys, you know, on on whatever maybe a, a lesser budget than than Lion City Sailors, absolutely, they obviously have, have the chance to. Whatever. If you go pound for pound, I think yeah. you know definitely you've got to go yeah. Tampines Rovers. Credit to them for completely different sort of financial <laughs> setup to yeah. uh, well, everyone is in a completely different world from Lion City Sailors at the moment, and that that start to the season, that's. What will cost them this title? I feel, uh, I think their chairman did say that, you know, they want to be the new Barcelona in terms of their academy and all going forward. But we'll, of course, talk about that um, in weeks to come. Now, Cezali, I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you see this one going? Yeah, again, you know, I've, I've described how, how tough it is to actually pick a winner. But, you know, if, if I'm going to stick my neck out, I'll, I'll say based on the fact that, you know, they have momentum and, and the win in their sales, I think Tampines have enough to pull it off. You know, they, they were top a few weeks ago. They let it slip as I as I sort of predicted they would. Uh, but now they've reclaimed top spot and, and I expect they'll be extra motivated not to let the same thing happen again. Albrecht, as I said, could well get six points for the next two games. But the permutation for, for, for Tampines is very simple. Win their last two games and, and you know they win the title. So I think they'll, they'll they'll be able to do it. And sticking with local sport, you also have an article in today's edition of the Straits Times about a lack of women coaches in Singapore sport. Can you tell us a little bit more about this story? Yeah. So um, last month I covered the Singapore Sports Awards where you know um, Louise Kung, uh, the the former national women's floorball coach, won uh, the Coach of the Year award. Um, and we were all astonished to find out that she was the first female to ever win the award, you know, in, in 50 years of the award since it was uh, accepted in, 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 in 1970. And we're like, in 2020, we finally have uh, you know, the first woman that, that, you know, cannot be right. But, you know, obviously we, we did our checks and, and it is true. Um, she was the first. And, and so, you know, uh, we at the ST Sports Desk, we had a discussion about, you know, possibly looking at, at, at this issue and, and you know... Uh, what what the 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 scene is like and and why did we have to wait so long for for a female coach to to win the gong and you know I've had a, a lot of uh, interesting conversations with with women coaches in the fraternity and and uh, coach SG. Do you know that there are only about a quarter of all uh, national registry of coaches uh, coach coaches sorry coaches in the national registry of coaches that are female and and uh, about a quarter of of our, all our high performance coaches. Are also female, so there is a, a disparity there, and, and uh, you know the, the authorities are working really hard to to address it. Some very interesting talking points you brought up there, Sazali. So now, if you like the Straits Times Game of Two Halves podcast, you can listen live on Money FM eighty nine point three every Monday, or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. Now, gentlemen, last Thursday, the early hours, we were kind of woken up to very sad news in the world of football. Footballing legend Diego Maradona passed away at the age of 60. 
Well, some say they're surprised he made it to 60. Uh, but let's just listen to this quick clip, and uh, I'm sure it'll bring back a lot of memories. Maradona just walked away from Hoddleland. Valdado. They're appealing for offside. The ball came back off the foot of Steve Hodge. And Maradona gives Argentina the lead. The England players protesting to the referee. But the little man who started it by walking past Glenn Hoddle. That's where the ball came from Hodge. Maradona had continued the run forward. And the goal is given. Uh, what point was he offside? Or was it a use of the hand that England are complaining about? Controversial, the hand of God, the little man. <clears throat> but he did it. And the second goal he scored in that game was you know, probably one of the best goals that any athlete has ever scored. Sajad, your thoughts on the great Argentinian legend? There are only uh, two times in football that I've cried. Uh, one was in 1987 when Spurs lost to Coventry in the FA Cup final, uh, which was very, very sad <laughs> for me, through an own goal. Uh, and the other one is 1986, when I was uh, 11, just a year before, uh, when Maradona uh, did that handball. Uh, because I'd, I'd kind of grown up in England for a while. I was supporting England. And, um, yeah, that broke my heart because he cheated. And I, I have to say, I never fully forgave him for that for many years, for many years. And um, I, I, I looked at him through the lenses of of that incident, that one incident that defined him, which is Really, as you get older, you, you realize that that isn't fair because he was much more than that, wasn't he? And, and, and he, he really brought to, to everyone the joy of football. I mean, he lived life to the fullest, right? And, and, and um, he should be celebrated as such. Uh, you know, uh, you see the outpouring of grief, what it means to Argentinians. Um, we, as Singaporeans, may, may not have that sort of connection with anyone. Um, the, the two greatest footballers have ever lived, and I know Sazali did a fantastic job uh, speaking to them as well, um, it, it's it just it's a different thing in this part of the world. We we don't have anyone who transcended everything, who achieved whatever he achieved, and and we probably will never have that. But he he brought a joy to to millions of people with his love of the game, with his passion that uh, that can never be rivaled. I I was lucky enough to see him um, in 1990 at the World Cup final. Um, I got to watch that in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Oh, yeah. Wow. But it was how, the, how did that happen? Well, it, well, it was a it was a gift from my dad. He had he talked to some people in the Asian Football Confederation. They actually said uh, at the time the general secretary, who's unfortunately passed away since then, had actually said, "Would you like to meet Maradona and the other players before the game?" I went, "Yes," but and it, never it, never <laughs> it never happened. It never happened. It never happened. So maybe it was just to get me excited. But anyway. Um, it was probably one of the worst games of football I've ever seen live, and I've watched a lot of live football. It was a terrible game, and I didn't want Maradona to win. I wanted Germany to win it because of what happened in '86. Now, before we hear from Cesali, let's just quickly listen to what Tottenham manager Jose Mourinho had to say about the Argentinian. I feel sorry that uh, I didn't spend more time with him. I would love. Uh, I think his family, his, his big friends, his colleagues, they are very privileged to, to spend and to know Diego well. I know him well enough. In my big defeats, he would always call me. In my victories, never, never. But uh, <laughs> I will miss Diego. And I still, 
Of course, I'm very sad, but I, I have a smile because with him, every minute I spent with him was to laugh. He said this after uh, Tottenham played Ludogratz, but he also said it, I think, after uh, one of the games last night. Um, great words from uh, the special one, Jose Mourinho. Cezali, your thoughts on uh, Maradona's passing gone too soon? Yeah, I, I think Shazad, uh, you know, has has um, eloquently, you know, put put into words what what uh, you know Maradona meant meant to so many people. Um, for me, I I I actually had the same sort of. Uh, view of Maradona as you, except mm. I didn't actually see him in 1986 because I wasn't born yet. I was born the, the following year. <laughs> <laughs> he's rubbing it in. He's rubbing it in. Oh dear, but, I'm so much no, older. But but obviously, so I I know Maradona as oh you know mm. this this guy who who cheated. You mm. know to, uh, to you to, grew up with that, right? Yeah, I yeah. grew up with that, and then only much later, you know, when when I you know this the age of YouTube and social media, I saw that. That amazing warm-up routine oh, at Napoli, you know, we're juggling fantastic. with the shoulders and with his knee and everything, and I'm like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> Some of the know, best what? content you can possibly yeah, see. What yeah. is yeah. this? You know, yeah. and then uh, I think last year also, I I, I saw a, a different clip of him also in Napoli training, basically in in bog, you know, in yeah. mud. Terrible yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just having the time of yeah. his life, you know, with the with the Napoli fans uh, sitting on the fence. Fences. He was like a kid, wasn't he? He was just, like a just kid. loving it. Yeah. He was playing as a goalkeeper yeah. and stuff. And and you know, you you can't help but you know feel joy when you just you know look at a clip like that. And then you know, and and so you know, obviously, like 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 you said, you know, your view change changes as, as you get older. And and you know, I I saw Maradona as a guy who was supremely talented, obviously gifted, skillful, whatever words you want to use to describe him and, you know, just live life to the fullest. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And of course, we have to re- um, recap some of the Premier League action over the weekend. Manchester United, we will get to them, but <laughs> special request from Shazad. We will start with the biggest game. Well, it's the obviously the biggest game. Come uh, on. A drab stalemate uh, <laughs> played out between um, Tottenham and Chelsea. I think Mason Mount going very close mm. before Hugo Lloris pulled off a, a world-class save. Serge Aurier as well. He got quite close. Yeah, Edouard Mendy um, keeping him out. But I think quite a tactical approach from both managers, the special one, and of course, Frank Lampard as well. Um, Shazad, these two sides, are they now the main challenges for the title? Main challenges, what, to Liverpool? Yeah, look, uh, Liverpool, I'm sure we'll talk about and, and the problems that they're going right now. But... This was a chess game, right? This was like a boxing match. And it was people dancing around each other for a long, long time. I actually thought Spurs had the better first half. I thought they they were much less defensive than I thought they would be. The first 10 and the last 10 were a bit nervy for them. But in between, I think they controlled the midfield. They had the better chances. They didn't take their chances. They didn't shoot on sight as much as I thought they would. There was also a lot of slipping going on, which was frustrating. Um, but... Uh, the second half was certainly more about Chelsea. Look, Spurs didn't have their their, their top defense out, right? Joe Roden came in. I mean, that is a hell of a game that's to make. Amazing, your, yeah, yeah your baptism of fire, amazing selection. He almost gave it away, right? At the yeah. twice, yeah. twice he did it, yeah. right? Once it was the offside goal, and the other one, which was, I mean, heart and mouth. Now, actually, my set top box conked out in the 80th minute. I'm not going to say because it's in the middle of the afternoon what I was thinking at the time because I was <laughs> very, very unhappy, but. I was getting, you know, people are messaging and telling me, oh my God, Rodan, what's he done? And then it was a save. Look, they, they, he did what needed to be done. And that is what Mourinho does best. If it was just Pochettino, he might have tried to attack. And that might have been the undoing of Spurs. All right. We have Mourinho. We have to accept. Spurs fans have to accept. This is, he's going to sew up games. If he's going to make a calculation in his mind, I'll rather just take the point and not lose it. Remember, by the way, Giolo Celso, 
could have won it at the end after that uh, Giroud chance. And he could have passed it on to Reguilon, who made a, part on a run down his left. So Spurs had their opportunities, didn't take them. Well, uh, Adrian, you mentioned about uh, challenges to the title. I, I think it's pretty incredible at you know this stage of the season, more than a quarter it's so gone. Close. Yeah, you know, it's so first close. to fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Eight points. Can, can you imagine? It's great. It's great. Manchester United. We were looking at them in like sixteenth a few weeks ago. And they got now, game in hand. They're not far course, away. Of course, of yeah. course. And and what a performance, Edison Cavani. I think the injury to David De Gea. Set Look up how you just I transitioned know, I know, so no, quickly. No, because because the thing is, I was watching the game last night, and when <laughs> Southampton went ahead, I said, "Okay, not too bad." When James Ward-Prowse scored that free kick, I said to him, it's time to go. Like It is time yeah, to go. We've seen ta- this season, he's just carrying on from last season. He's made a lot of poor uh, decisions. Mm. And when Henderson came on and Cavani as well, you could see that the dynamic had changed. Once they got one, you knew that you know the second one was on the way. And of course, the late winner, as uh, Sir Alex Ferguson would have been incredibly proud of this Manchester United side. 92nd minute um, Cavani header. In an age where a lot of players are now sort of scared to mm. head the ball. Mm. And Cavani has just showed that, you know, he's, he, he's that clinical, lethal striker who needs more time. He needs more time to play. And this is so- something Solskjaer hasn't quite given him. Adrian, sorry, uh, I, sorry to potentially burst the El, <laughs> El Matador bubble here, but have you seen the news about... Uh, yes, I, know, did. Yep, I did. And, I did. And, you know, so what, did. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think that um, someone said uh, that Suarez said that to Ever as well quite a few years ago uh, a racist yep. a slur the, the exact and now he's term, being yeah. yeah he's now being investigated but apparently it's not a racist term is what they're saying it's more of a <laughs> affectious uh, but that's what right. Suarez said as yeah. well yeah. 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 that is so, true that is true but yeah. I think a social media post but when Suarez yeah. said it to Evra and um course the controversy back then but I guess we'll just have to wait for the authorities focusing on the football bit of it um, <laughs> I, I, I've got to say he he was the catalyst wasn't he he wanted to it almost seemed like he wanted to make a point when he was brought up I give credit to Ole for that's the earliest I think he's come on for United in a, in a Premier League game he needs to start um, you know I know he's he's on the in the wrong end of his of his 30s but you just what someone like that brings to the team. He has now got that catalyst effect that Fernandez had when he first came in, right? Um, he just lifts that side. So there's some thinking to be done next week. It really is. And I, I, I would if I'm Cavani, I'm going to be saying to Ole, I'll be in his ear the whole time, not saying racist things, but you know, <laughs> but uh, saying, look, let me uh, let me play, please. And what about Arsenal? <laughs> I mean, they lost two one to Wolves. Yeah. They're, Oh, Sitting in 14. Yeah, it's a great day, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is great, great day all round. But um, unfortunate news uh, surrounding Raul yeah. Jimenez, yeah. Yeah. who got kind of taken out. Mm. Luckily, he is, you know, he is conscious. He is speaking, um, and he's, you know, well and truly alive. But, but Arsenal, once again, um, Aubameyang does not look interested. I, I reckon once he signed that of new course. deal and they played against Fulham yeah. and yeah. all the Arsenal um, army were out in force, and they said, you know, this could be the year. I said, no, this is not the year. This will never be the year. You guys always will start, you know, kind of well. But then Arteta finds himself in a worse position than Unai Emery did last season. I think Emery, when he was sacked, also were eighth. Arteta's in 14th and some very, very big games coming up. I think they played Tottenham soon yes, as well. Next game, next, this next coming weekend. Game, yeah. Well, it would be typical Spurs to go and lose this now after a couple of really good results. But, um, I, I, you know, that's just the old Spurs fan in me. But, Sazali, do you think they... You think they should pull the trigger or, or stick with Arteta for a while? I think they got to they got to give him a bit of time, right? Yeah, for for you know, from what I have seen, I I feel like you know, finally Arsenal are looking a bit 
more solid in defense. Mm. Mm. It's just about getting sorting, you know, the the, the front line out and and getting the best out. Amazing our, to say that, right? Yeah, which is they've got. Yeah, it, that should be like, the least of the problems. It's, it's a weird, you know, situation where where you know they had uh, it good going forward and and they were poor at the back, and now it's the other way around. So. Mm. I think with the quality they have going forward, I think it's it's worth giving uh, Ateta time. It's it's always harder to 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 get your defense, you know, um, you know, right. And and he's got that, you know, down. So you know, give him some time. Like Ole, I want Ateta to stay. Now I would like to talk a little bit more football, but just before we wrap up the chat, we have to talk about the crash um, at the Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix last night. Uh, Romain Grosjean. Um, Lucky to walk yeah. away. His car split in half. Horrific. A fireball. Yep. It was horrific. And everyone has said that, you know, the the authorities managed to get to him just on time. He suffered, you know, a few burns and, and, mm-hmm. and bruises. But lucky to be alive. Yeah, I, I wasn't actually watching the race, but I was on social media uh, you know, during the time. And, you know, to just see clips of, of the, the, the burning wreckage and, and then, you know, seeing all this, this, these live updates, you know, just filled me with dread. No, I'm like, oh no, you know, please, mm. please, please tell me he's safe. And you know, thankfully with with social media now, you get live updates. And within a couple of minutes, you saw, you know, he he's limped out, you know, and and he's escaped the crash, and and he looks safe. And obviously later on, you know, the the, the team uh, posted a photo of him at the hospital, and he looks fine. And you know, that's that's great to know. But again, you know, I think uh, full full credit to authorities. I think. Um, they they did everything right. Even I think the halo, mm. you know, proved to be you know he he's uh, you know literal guardian angel. I thank guess. Thank God you know? for that, right? Yeah, it only came in a couple of years ago, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you know that that was a, a telling difference. Yeah, it was um, lucky to be alive. Well, gentlemen, there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. Shazad Sazali, always a pleasure having you in the studio. Now, don't forget, you can catch ST's hashtag Game of Two Halves podcast on demand on the audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.